art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Okay, here we go. Hey everybody, it is Podcast Rob and James Hatton. And we are out of order, but it is still time for another episode of the Something Something Cast. Something in Review Castness. Yes, all of that. All of that. So, I was going with the the issue, but this is not a the the, because it's the wheel, not the It's a the wheel and the end. Yeah, and yep. I was thinking backwards. Anyway, this is something in review. This is where we watch something and then we talk about it. Ta-da! This, you told me, was live. And I went, I don't know anything about this. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea of its existence. And now I've seen it. And I'm still unsure. What are we talking about today, my friend? We are talking about... (laughs) We're talking about the evolution of your computer. We're talking about Michael Bay's Ambulance. Wambulance. Yeah. Um, Were you a fanbulance? Um, I was... I'm a mixed bagulance. <laughs> he was trying Is... to figure out how to put no into the word ambulance. <laughs> Nombulance. So, ambulance. Yes. Well, that sounds like a sleep problem. Well, that was exactly. Um, and this movie is not sleep. This this no. movie is one hundred percent. No, this movie is the opposite of sleep. Um, I. This so, movie is what happens when a fever dream does too much coke. Yeah, this is in the same way that Sam Raimi, the way I described uh, "Drag Me to Hell" by Sam Raimi, was like, "This is what happens when you give Sam Raimi like carte blanche to just go have fun, and here's a budget." This feels like what happens when Michael Bay isn't working with uh, something pre-established or he's just, you know, just go Bay on this. Just Bay all over the place. So uh, would you like would you like some some fun background facts about this movie? I would love some historiolence. So right, I'll stop doing that. Uh, so what happened was Michael Bay was supposed to be filming a movie uh, that got shut down due to COVID. And he was having fucking cabin fever. And the he uh, the film was supposed to be called Black Five. Um, and he re- he called his agent screaming, I just want to get out and shoot something fast. I'm tired of being locked up at home. This original right. movie was based off of a 2005 Danish film. Um, and this was originally pitched to Michael Bay in 2015. He passed on it. All this time goes by. Blah, 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 blah. He needed to go out and do a quote unquote small movie that could be filmed in a short amount of time. And somebody reminded him about this movie. 
he chose not to watch the original because he wanted to make it his own. And this is what happens when Michael Bay gets tired of COVID quarantine is what happens. He just blows, he just blows shit up 40 nonstop million, for 40 two million, hours, $40 million and filmed in 38 days. And he even said that he wanted, he wanted to make this as a character driven project that would move away from his normality of explosion heavy fare. I mean, sometimes you set out a goal and you fail at it and that's okay. Because, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you say, I'm going to go vegetarian as you talk to your best friend over the rack of ribs that you're eating. Yeah. Um, there was, while I'm watching it, so you watched it a little before I did, but uh, as I was watching it, I sent you a couple messages. Notably, the most bayish. Like, it's more Bay than Bay. Like, if this was J.J. Abrams, it would be called Lens Flare the Movie. The cuts in this movie, the jump cuts, the smash cuts, um, which is a Bay cliche at this point. That, like, it's hard to know where the action's happening in relative relation to itself. And you don't know where a character is in a hallway compared to the other characters running down the other side of the hallway. It's a thing. Um, I counted in a one-minute... And now it's a high action minute, one of the first big high action minutes of the movie. 30 some odd cuts in one minute. Um, and I think I missed a few. <clears throat> to the point where there's a guy on his knees, uh, there's cops like questioning him. And I legitimately watched as it cuts to itself. Like you're staring straight at the guy and there's a cut and it's like 10 degrees to the right. And then, like, 30 degrees back to the left. And you can't tell whether, in a bad movie, in a poorly created, low-budget, you know, Ed Wood-style movie, you'd be like, oh, they did that because they took three takes and they've spliced them together and they just didn't have the camera in the right position. With, with this, you can't... I don't understand what the function of it is. There's no storytelling function of the cuts. It's just... Dick, 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 dick. I'm over here. I'm over here. I'm over here. I'm over here. Over here. Tonight, tonight. Um, and that's just talking to a guy. That's before we even get into like explosion, guy with gun, bank, gun, bank, guy, guy on floor, etc. 30 some odd cuts in a minute. Crazy. It it was uh it was silly, yeah. Yeah, not gonna lie. Uh the budget was forty million. The box office was fifty one and a half million. Did it get a box office release? Like, was that not box office? Uh, did it? Was it in theaters? Yeah. Okay, I, I didn't know its existence. So that's that's actually like, oh, I, I'm wondering. It's given that it didn't make much more than its money back. Uh, I wonder how long it lasted in theaters. I will do some research on that as we go. It didn't it didn't last very long. It was released on April 8th in the in the theaters and underperformed. And say we're recording 50, this on That 51 million is worldwide. Oh wow. Yeah. Cuz we're recording this on June 8th and we both watched it on whatever Paramount, HBO, whatever the yeah, streaming Peacock. service it was on. The Cock. Ah, yes. That's what we watched it on. <laughs> I can't believe I've never thought of calling it that. Anyway. So what is uh, Explobulence about? 
Please set, so, it, set us up. So set us yeah, up I don't, I don't want to dissect every waking second of this movie. Oh it, my God, please no. <clears throat> we have one character, Will Sharp, who's an army veteran. His wife needs surgery. The insurance isn't going to cover it. Uh, so his wife is like, well, you're not going to reach out to Danny. And he's like, no, I'm not going to reach out to Danny. I got a job. We're, we're going to get this taken care of. Everything's good. I got an interview. Lo and behold, he leaves the house, goes and reaches out to Danny. Danny is his brother, uh, estranged brother, I guess you could kind of say. Um, and through conversations and everything else, we find out that uh, Danny and Danny's father uh, are criminals. And they rob shit. And Danny's father, kind of psycho, which is kind of why Will left that life behind. But he needs the money. And he happens to arrive on Danny's doorstep just as they're... Like, they're not even planning the job. They're like, hey, get in the car. We're going now. Right. Yeah. Um, kind, it's, kind of thing. It should be noted that the reason he needs the money so badly uh, is because he's out of work and his son has cancer. Um, which isn't played to, to much drama. It's just, yeah, my son has cancer and we need to get medicine for him. Like, Is it his son or his, I think it's his wife. His wife has cancer? I thought it was his son. No, his wife, Amy, it's for his wife's surgery. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. It was for the wife. For Why did I think it was the kid? I don't know. It, it Doesn't was matter. probably all the jump cuts. <laughs> exactly. They they said cancer, and it kept jumping between the jump, wife and the kid. Jump concussions. Ugh. Um, um, and, and therein lies the rub. They're going to they're gonna hit this bank that has a shit ton of money in it that shouldn't have a shit ton of money on it, but it was apparently a mistake, so they were holding the money for a night before they transfer it to some you know, big, uh, well-fortified Federal Reserve, but here it is, just like, you know, your your regular fucking, you know, TD Bank, whatever it was, you know, <laughs> on the corner. And uh, and they're going to go do the thing. And as as things happen, uh, it, it went awry. Now, a quick real-life moment of interest, because uh, I YouTube, given that Google watches everything I do, suggested a video about uh, the Hollywood Boulevard bank heist of 1990-something. Um, only reason it's relevant is because this obviously takes place in L.A. Uh, during the 90s, there are so many banks in L.A., and the cops take so long to get to the bank that bank heists was like a legitimate job in L.A. in the 90s. Um, if you worked in a bank, as the law of averages go, uh, if you worked at a bank in the 90s in L.A., you were robbed five times. Every bank, on average, five times. That's how much, that's how much bank heisty this area is. Um, I thought it was a super interesting fact. That said, I mean, um, that sound that yeah. sounds like either Free Guy or GTA Five. Yeah, <laughs> it's really bad. Um, they've changed the laws and and unincentivized it by making everything a little bit harder and a little bit tougher and spreading the money a little bit different. But yeah, apparently it was bad in the '90s in LA. Bank heisting was like super super bad. Um, they would just give money to bums and tell them like go in there. Ask for the money. Here's a gun. Here's the note that we wrote for you. They aren't going to arrest you. Just come back to my car and I will take you out for dinner. You know, and that would work. So, which leads us to 
they get to the bank and it's sort of very quick how we go from them in the car. There's a couple other setup shots about um, an ambulance driver and a partner, um, about two cops. There's sort of these disjointed stories all happening simultaneously that first we're half hour of the movie. You kind of have a hard time keeping track of why should I care about any of them except for the bank heist story. Did you have that? Did you have that problem where you're like, I don't know why, why, why this guy, why these guys, what's going on? Why are we following? Am I supposed to remember about this guy's girlfriend issue? Like um, it felt the script felt disjointed right from the get go. I mean, I don't necessarily feel that I had that kind of a take from it. Uh, to me, it definitely felt like this was Michael Bay's attempt to do a ship in a bottle movie. Mm-hmm. Because ba- literally 90% of the movie takes place in the back of the ambulance as shit continues to go wrong. But what got me was I, there were definitely disjointed parts of the script. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, there were parts of the script that felt like, you know, somebody, uh, somebody, Michael Bay, you know, <laughs> either either was reviewing footage that he just filmed and either, you know, hit a bong or did a line. It was just like, wait a minute. What if we had and did something on the fly? I, that's not far from the truth. The helicopter chase over the L.A. River was not in the script. Two helicopters became available and Bay had this idea that came to him over the weekend and they shot the whole thing in two and a half hours and since they did it so quickly and on such a short time frame with zero notice, it was actually Gyllenhaal firing the blanks up at the helicopter while uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen was driving. Like, they didn't even get wow. stuck people to do it. It was just like, look, we've got fucking two hours to get this. We either do it or we don't. Get in the truck and drive. There is a union rep that is that they had to pay a fine for that. That's some union breaking shit from what I understand about uh, movies. Yeah. Oh. Um, so in the bank, they're heisting, they're, they're doing a heist. There is a cop and his partner, um, talking about, uh, Zach has the hots for this one chick who works at the bank. He wants to ask her out. His partner says, look, we're, we're here. Just we'll drop you off and you can go ask her out. So knocks on the door. Hall is right there, says, can't come in. We're doing a bank. We're doing money exchange or whatever it is. Uh, convinces him to to go in. So now we have a cop in there. Gets he's part of the heist. Cut and dry. Not going to go through the whole action sequence. Uh, he gets shot. He ends up being our victim in the ambulance, which is now our our bottle. We have four people in the ambulance. The hot ambulance driver. The cop who's been shot and the brothers. Take it from there. I, I mean, basically from here on out is the rest of the movie. <laughs> exactly. It's it's and, them. And now we jump two hours. It's them trying to get away. They the score was originally for sixteen million. Now they've got eight million because half their team gets gets killed in probably the craziest shootout since Heat. Um, on the streets of a major metropolitan city. Uh, They get half the money in the van. They go to take off with the cop. uh, And now they're telling her, well, you have to keep him alive in the back of the 
ambulance while we're driving and getting away. And now you've got cops chasing them. You've got helicopters chasing them. You've got like SWAT teams chasing them. Uh, eventually they get, it wasn't the FBI, but who the hell was his, uh, it's, his buddy who was his friend. Oh, he was uh, like a hostage negotiator type. Oh, guy. it was FBI, FBI agent Anson Clark. Yeah. Um, it's Which, like the whole thing just like, like I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting winded even just thinking about it. Like this movie was so crazy and chaotic and there was so much that just didn't make sense. Like no, no reasonable person. And maybe that was the point. Maybe they were trying to show you that Hall's character, Danny Sharp, was much, much closer to the psychopath that his father was. Right. By all of the decisions he was making. Like, there's a point in time where they're like, hey, I'm going to call up this uh, Mexican dude that my father did a bunch of jobs with. And we're going to get his crew to steal a bunch of ambulances. And they're going to meet us under this underpass. And then we'll all scatter so the cops won't know which ambulance to follow. Yeah. Number one, none of the ambulances looked the same. Like, their ambulance has definitive markings on it. It's got a giant three on the roof, so it can be tracked by other EMTs and first responders and police. So none of the police are going to go, uh, I don't know which number where they were. It's, I don't know. They're, none of them yeah, It's were not the paint- Italian job. Yeah, it's not the Italian job. It's not Cannibal Run. Like, <laughs> it was horrible. And then when, uh, so like, one of the ambulances gets rigged with a bunch of C4 because Michael Bay... And they run it into one of the cop, uh, one of the like roadblocks that the cops have, blow everything up. And then while the cops are trying to recover this like candy, purple, orange, tangerine, blue and green Mexican lowrider is remote controlled by these two goons standing on a bridge. (sighs) And where the driver's seat is, is a fucking mini rail gun Mm -hmm. and just goes in and just tears into all the cops. I'm like, what the, what? And, you, you missed my favorite part of said ambulance sequence. Um, he calls in his dude to come in and tells him to bring his paint supplies. They're going to hop into a secondary, I'm sorry, they're going to stay in their ambulance because they have the cop there. Uh, they're telling his friend to get in another ambulance and drive left while they drive right in number one. How they they have helicopters, SWAT teams, a thousand cop cars, all driving around with them. Plus they're in an ambulance um, and they somehow escape as the cops pull over their friend in one ambulance and they drive away in what is literally a crayon colored fluorescent green ambulance right behind them. Like they're holding the guy up and you watch this highlighter with wheels drive in the distance it's preposterous yeah and it, and it wasn't even like the whole point of it was supposed to be paint the ambulance so it doesn't look like the original ambulance it was supposed to be blue they get there and he's like you how you know you need to why are, why isn't this done yet he's like boss this is gonna take me five hours well you have 45 seconds so of course like you said it's gonna look like somebody just took a sharpie marker and over it I think the funniest part of that whole sequence is dude just goes ham with the paint gun mm-hmm. and, and the, and, and, uh, the, the sane brother, I will call it will sharp, 
uh, who's the the army veteran, is in the driver's seat. Not the windshield. I'm supposed to see out the windshield and starts putting the wipers on while dude's just <laughs> like double fisting trying to spray this vet, this ambulance as quick as he can. And yes, it was like the thinnest, most watercolor fluorescent green Play-Doh colored paint ever. Oh yeah, nobody's ever gonna notice that. <laughs> and they don't. It. Mm. So you, this all leads to what is, I think, my biggest flaw with the whole premise of the film. And that is that the reason that they're not taking down these guys is because there is a cop that they have threatened to kill. So they don't want to kill terror. They don't want to kill hostages. They don't want um, the, the, the cops don't want to be the reason they kill the hostages. But along said journey in the attempt to save one ambulance driver and one policeman who has been shot in the line of duty, they hire snipers, they uh, rail gun takes down cop cars and cops, uh, they flip over countless cars, they uh, drive headlong into num- numerous amounts of cops. Like, the amount of destruction that supposedly led to no death whatsoever. And now they're, they're doing all of this, this gazillions of dollars of world damage. The only cop that has been hurt in this is the one in the back of the ambulance. And that's the reason why they, they don't want to do something rash (laughs) because they, they might kill their brother in arms. What? These guys just let out open a rail gun. And like, how many cars flipped? How many cop cars flipped? How much untold city damage has been done? And you're worried about the one dude in the back. It's so weird, the, the judgment calls this movie makes. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there were cops that died in that giant explosion when the one fucking ambulance blew up. And and then the 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 railgun lowrider came in. There there was there had to have been loss of life in that scene. This wasn't this wasn't like the GI Joe cartoon where nobody ever gets killed. <laughs> but I think um, I think we're led to believe that it might be because right after I think it might be the railgun scene. Um, there is a passing line where the head the head cop in charge uh, goes, "My God, everybody all right with that?" And like nobody answers him. It cuts to another scene because Michael Bay, but there's this weird sort of, I think we're supposed to insinuate, like he checked. Yep. Everybody's cool. Don't worry about it, boss. Like what? So yeah. Um, another, but go ahead. I got one more bone of crazy, but uh, please. Uh, so uh, in, in reading, uh, while we're, while we're recording this, there's a reason why that color was chosen for the ambulance paint scheme. Oh, good. Please. Because it's the color of Ratchet from the Transformer films, who was oh, who was the medical vehicle, and yeah. and Bay did the Transformer movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll give that a half a star. That's at least that's amusing. I won't, because if nobody told me that, I never would have figured that out. Like, nobody's going to sit there and go, I'll know why they use greet. No. No, no, I I agree. There's nothing in there that makes me go, ah, now I understand it. It's still batshit. (laughs) Um, 
so ambulance la one of the most popular populated metropolises in the united states um i would a assume that the damn thing has a gps two the there's a moment where they say we tried calling them they're not answering where uh we've tried the walkie talks they're not answering we're going to hack into their earbuds to their airpods a moment later in the scene, there was like a very tense scene about Zach in the back who has gone through countless medical surgeries at this point. Um, there was a moment of him like bleeding out. Crazy moment. The next sequence we see in the ambulance, and when I say it's a minute, two minutes later, that's Max. When they hack into the Airbuds, they are singing Sailing by Chris Christopherson. Uh, I'm sorry, Chris Cross. Christopher yeah, I was going to say not Chris Christopherson. That was, sorry, Christopher yeah. Cross. it's what there's no other moment where everybody is chill in this movie and it's supposed to be like oh i need a minute to calm down and they they do that bit where two uh grown men sing dad rock songs but it's so out of place and the airbud earbud thing is never mentioned again it is not a point of contention or a point of note in the film for the rest of it. It is just a cheap reason for us to watch the two guys in the front seat sing. Which is, I guess, supposed to be some crazy juxtaposition. Ha ha ha. Dude, this film. Yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, between between all of that, between the, the various different uh, police organizations trying to stop these guys... Between the fact that they were doing surgery to remove a bullet from this dude's aorta on, like, a webcam while conference calling in three other surgeons, it was just like, this was the epitome of the Eddie Izzard space monkeys and just throwing popcorn in your mouth watching it because none (laughs) of it fucking makes sense, but holy shit, there's a lot of shit going on. And the doctors are playing golf because they're doctors. Waka waka. Yeah, I mean, so at the end of the movie, uh, you get get, uh, Will, who has decided this has gone far enough. Finally now, two hours and eight minutes into the movie, Will has decided this has gone far enough. (laughs) Fun fun fact, the original movie that this was based off of, or I should say this is a remake of, even though it wasn't really a remake because Michael Bay didn't watch the original, 80 minutes long. A full hour shorter than this movie but now two hours and eight minutes in will's had enough can't do Mm -hmm. this anymore we have crossed the rubicon uh danny is like you don't fucking let us out of here i'm gonna kill her and myself on live tv blah 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 blah. will shoots danny in the back (laughs) he falls out of the ambulance danny ends up dying from his wounds as they take a very wounded uh will into the hospital. His wife is outside with the baby. Uh, the uh, EMT, uh, Cam Thompson, played by Isaac Gonzalez from, uh, as you had said, uh, from Dust Till Dawn, Dawn, the TV show. Uh, she was also in Hobbs and Shaw. She was in a couple other movies. Um, she had made a promise to Will during some of the, I'll say, alone time. Because there's three people in this ambulance. At one point, one person's driving and two other people are conspiring in the back. Um, Takes a bundle of the money. And when Will thinks he's dying from the gunshot wound that he had 
accrued, uh, said, make sure my wife gets this and just kind of like tucks a bundle of money aside. So when they take him off in cuffs and when they go to scrape Danny up off the floor, she takes the <laughs> bundle of money, wraps it up Spatula. in a blanket. Will's wife is there. She kind of goes over and just dips the money into the baby carriage, covers it with a blanket and off she goes. There is a moment in the end sequence of all that <clears throat> where um, the Will is bleeding from wounds he's received. Uh, she runs up and she's like, he's dying. We need to help him. The cops are like, we'll get to him when we get to him. Get back to the line, toots. You know, it's very like, we we don't care about this thug. And she breaks through the line of cops to go and try and help him. <sighs> Showing that, like, he's touched her in some way or she doesn't care about the job. Like, there's a morality play in that moment that is utter crap. Because it's very much the cops like, we don't care about these thuggies. Um, and she has taken a, uh, taken a shine to Will and wants to make sure that, you know, he survives because he saved her life in that moment and etc. Anyway, point stands at the end of the film. I think we're supposed to feel sympathy for anyone and I couldn't be asked. The only person that I felt bad for was uh, the ambulance chick because she had to deal with that shit for the last three hours. Poor, I mean, I think poor we're woman. I think we're supposed to maybe feel bad for Will. We are. I don't. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really. Um, it, it had... To me, it had elements, very, very loose elements of Ocean's Eleven uh, in where it's, look, this is one last big job and then we're done. Then we're free and clear. We've got all the money. We don't need to worry about anything anymore. Um, but it was just for for a movie that was two hours and 15 minutes long. It felt like the exposition was terrible. It mm, was horrible. it was you hit the ground not even running, you hit the ground holding on to the back of the ambulance and trying to keep up, and they were just explaining shit as it happened, and you were supposed to be able to follow along. Um, uh, Yahab Dual mateen uh, did a good job. Uh, you might know him as uh, the new uh, Morpheus from the new uh, Resurrections, the Matrix Resurrections. He wasn't even cast in the role. Uh, it was... Uh, who else was supposed to do him? There was somebody else who was supposed to do Oh, Dylan O'Brien was supposed to play Will, but mm -hmm. had to bow out due to scheduling conflicts. Due to reading the script. So, so yeah, so Abdul Mateen was, was cast uh, as a replacement. Um, and the only reason he was able to fit into a schedule was because there was a production delay on Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which he is in, and he had the time to be able to fit it in. Hey, it's only 38 days. Rumor is they filmed as many as 70 to 100 shots per day. Normally, <laughs> normally, movies, normally movies are 20 to 30 shots a day. Well, that's because they're, they're, they, every shot, they, every scene, they shot on 35 cameras. A lot of it was filmed on drones. 
Which that I have actually to say, makes sense. Was probably some of the coolest stuff about that movie because there are scenes where you have this very slow, lazy flyover of like the cityscape, and then the camera takes a very sharp left-hand turn and is going down the corner crevice of this skyscraper towards the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hmm. But uh, some of those shots were really cool. But, I mean, if you have two hours and 20 minutes and you just, you know, you want to, I don't know, hold your breath for four and a half minutes and then as <laughs> soon as you start gasping for air again, hit play on this movie, that's that's basically what this, this movie is like yeah if you want to feel you honestly this watching this movie probably burns calories just from like the whiplash (laughs) it's opening weekend outside of the u.s and canada from 35 international markets the movie earned 4.4 million i am vaguely intrigued to to check out the dutch movie that it is based on not for any other reason just to like i i've watched my share of foreign uh sort of originators you know the pre-remake um and dutch shows and german shows euro shows are all very slower and more methodical i i want to see how much slower that is a dutch action film um, before Michael Bay chops it up into a thousand little pieces. So I'm and, so intrigued. And here's, okay, so here's uh, another thing that I don't really understand. Uh, IMDb has it 6.1 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 69%. Uh, CinemaScore gave it an A- minus out of a scale from A plus to F. Post track gave it seventy seven percent, with sixty one percent saying they would definitely recommend it. It is the That's... highest rated film on, directed by Michael Bay on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> That's like, I don't understand. I mean, I know other movies that Michael Bay's done. I would put Armageddon. I would put The Rock above this movie hands down. I, I don't know what these people were thinking of. Now, comparatively, I just threw it up over on um, Letterboxd, which is where I might write my little movie reviews. Um, it is sitting at a three out of five, which oh, I thought he was going to say it of a hundred. Oh, that'd be good. No, it's sitting. It's sitting at a low three out of five stars, uh, which feels about. I'd put it in the two five. I think two two to two five. It feels about right. So I. I'm curious as to why there are certain places that are giving this movie like 90s. This this movie's not a 90 in the least. Maybe maybe a 90 out of a thousand. <laughs> 90 I, I, jump I cuts per second. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I don't. Maybe there's just only one review, and Michael Bay deletes <laughs> them was, every time they come in. Was, no. It was one review that was jump cut 37 times. <laughs> My uh, friends, what did you think? Have you seen Ambulance? Because you can. It's over on uh, the cock. It's over on the cock. 
I totally stole that name from Dan from over at Netflix and Swill. He says that's right. the only name he's going to call that that network right now. I think uh, I think I've taken that now. I think that is absorbed now into my lexicon. Oh, one hundred percent. So, did you like this movie? Have you seen this movie? Have we made you want to see this movie? Where, Rob, can they tell us all the wonderful ambulance things that they are aware of? You can go over to somethingcast.com, which is the repository of all things somethings. You can find our socials over there. You can find all of the podcatchers you can find us on. You can find our store over at uh, store.somethingcast.com for vinyl from Hatton, uh, etched glassware from me, t-shirts from everybody. Uh, go over to somethingcast.com, find it, listen to all of our episodes, read all of our blog posts, and you will want to go there and bookmark that website because next month we already have stuff cooking. Uh, next month we will be completing our ninth year of podcasting and we'll be doing our year nine extravaganza. I know. It's, it's crazy. I never would have thought that. I never would have thought we would have been doing this for nine years. That's a little uh, crazy. That uh, is a, that's a multiple lives ago. Did we start this journey? Oh my God. I mean, what? Five different studios ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> three different bodies ago. Jesus. Um, <laughs> But yes, uh, we are we are working on the year nine extravaganza stuff as we speak, as we record. So definitely bookmark the page, somethingcast.com. Check it out. Let us know what you think. I got nothing else. I'm rambling at this point. I feel like yep. a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> I will give this. I will leave us with one. Uh, my favorite review that I just saw on Letterboxd for this movie. Uh, directed by Michael Bay. Written by Cocaine. I mean, I I started the episode saying it was a fever dream on Coke. It is. It was. It is very crazy. With that said, we thank you all for joining us. Let us know some other movies you want us to see. But until then, I'm James Atten. I'm Podcast Rob. See you next week. Later. Something. Something. Okay, here we go.